0: Hey guys, this is Ken Kobrick bringing you another success story of people who tell us about the journey to how they got to where they are now Today I'm talking with Steve Precioso. He's a general manager for West Broad Honda here in Richmond, Virginia Welcome Steve.
1: Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it.
0: All right Uh, And again, I'm honored by being in front of you right now And and a lot of people will get a lot of value out of this and I just want to I want to say Steve tell us please how you got started in the car business and how you became the general manager, which is the top of the ladder in this industry.
1: Uh, my journey started uh, 14 years ago. i worked in bike shops. I was big into uh, mountain biking and I sold bikes at a local bike store. And um, a buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends worked here and uh, convinced me to come over here and uh, sell cars instead of bikes because he said I could make more money doing it. So I did and I um, came over uh, April 1st of '06, fit and Lee, started on April Fool's Day, oh, wow. and uh, started uh, here as a salesman, knowing nothing, um, sold cars for about three years, uh, did finance manager for a few years, uh, transitioned to sales manager, then general sales manager, then general manager. All of those transitions happen really because of uh, good timing and a little bit of luck. Uh, I came in at a time when the business was really changing. So you had the old school car sales that were, um, you know, based on just foot traffic and like cold calling. And we were in the uh, middle of that really transitioning to you sitting at home and shopping for a car and us sending And just really could not embrace that they were stuck on I was gonna ask you that transition
0: that's difficult for some people
1: it was very difficult and these guys have been guys that have been salespeople and managers since the 80s and uh, they were used to making big money every time they sold a car and they couldn't wrap their head around um, kind of the Walmart mentality of less profit more volume And, um, you you know, it really was a business based on relationships back then. Uh, You know, you'd sold the Joneses cars for years, and here come the Joneses again, and they're just going to pay whatever you say to pay. And uh, now that transitioned, uh, or back then it was transitioning to the Joneses had been on four different websites, and saw that they could get a better deal if they went 30 miles away or something. So... I saw that happening uh, and uh, was raising my hand to say, hey, you you know, I'll be on the internet sales team or, you know, let me run with this. And so I had some success there, kind of embracing that where the other guys were. I
0: I wanted to say something, Steve, while you brought that up, because I'll forget it in my advanced old age. It seems like there's a running theme with people I talk to that have been successful. They see something. They see a trend. It might seem like a trend or a fad, but they
1: understand the importance of that way before anybody else yeah well i don't know if i saw that or maybe uh subconsciously i saw it but what i saw was a easier path to car sales these guys are sitting there waiting around all day on the hopes that someone's going to come in and want to look at a car and possibly buy one but there was another path where every single day you had 10 15 20 uh people emailing in saying hey I'm interested. I want to buy a car. Right, right. And it just seemed a, a lot easier. You know, yeah. like, what What am I going to do? Just sit around and wait for someone to come in here? Let, let's let do this. So uh, I ran with that. And, you know, after doing sales and, you know, I wasn't the best on the floor in terms of volume or anything, but I was consistent. And um, I think the biggest thing was I wasn't sitting around waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder to get a promotion. I was in the general manager's office, on a regular basis, saying, "Hey, I don't want to sell cars forever. I want to grow." And uh, you know, no one else was asking for it, um,
0: guys. This is a classic example. This is a golden nugget that sometimes goes by people. Steve just mentioned he was in there asking. That's the yeah the, the hardest thing. If, if you wait for
1: something, it's never going to happen. I tell my salespeople all the time, if you want to move up. You got to tell me. I'm not going to just walk over and tap you on the shoulder and say, "Hey, it's promotion time." I got to know you want it, <laughs> you know. So what what happened here was uh, David Moody, my old GM, who's been a, a father figure, best friend, uh, love hate relationship over the years, and someone I still talk to at least two or three weeks uh, or two or three times a week. I, I started bugging him, saying, "Hey, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this." and uh, he started pulling back the veil a little bit and letting me in on meetings and talking to me about what it was he was doing every day. And, you know, um, some people were, were, would think, hey, look at Steve, he's a kiss-up. Well, maybe I was, but I saw a pathway that I wanted to go down. Uh, you know, I saw an out. And uh, me and David got along real well, and he liked that he had a young guy that had interest in furthering his career and not just being a salesman so um, one thing led to another i think um, the next progression if you're a salesperson if you want to move up you've got to learn and know the world of the the finance manager the guy that's uh, facilitating loans working with banks doing all your DV processing cleaning up uh, of paperwork working with the accounting office making sure loans are funded tracking all that that's the next step so, uh,
0: so s- literally you you know or had to know at least pretty much every step from the car, from people walking the lot to them driving the car away. You could fill in every single role. Right,
1: and that's what you need. I mean, you can't be a sales manager or any other position in the dealership until you know how all those steps are done. You gotta know from walking in the door to walking out the door. And then after they walk out the door, making sure the loan gets funded, making sure the DMV title paperwork is is, uh, completed within 30 days. There's a lot more to it. Um, so I started, you know, most people, you buy a car, salesperson and the customer agree to numbers, you shake hands, the guys put some paperwork together and you hand it off to a finance manager. Well most salespeople walk away at that point and just hang out with the customer or go check their Facebook status or or whatever. Well, I started just staying in the finance office and saying, well, what are you doing? How are you doing that? Why are you doing that? So okay. then when a position opened and I had been raising my hand and I got the opportunity, 90% of what I needed to know, I already knew. That's
0: pretty amazing.
1: Cause I'd yes. been in there. I mean, I had to get some familiarity with keystrokes and some mm-hmm. of the, some of that stuff, but large, uh, the process I knew. Uh, so uh, that was my first opening to a, a promotion of some kind. Um, did that for about three years and, uh, if you're in the car business and you want to move up, you've got to know that business in and out. The That's just the, There's
0: there. just no question about that. There's no,
1: no question. And years ago, you would have sales managers that were good salespeople and they made them sales managers uh, with skipping that finance manager position. And now those guys that are in dealerships that had that happen, they're anchors. They, they can't. Uh, help with the process because they don't know it right and it is a real stumbling block uh, Mm you know a a real slowdown your sales manager out front should be able to submit deals should be able to do DMV should be able Mm -hmm. to structure a deal based on someone's credit they should know how to do everything and without being a finance manager it's hard to do that so anyway I got that opportunity ran with it was again, not the best, but it was consistent. Ran a clean office, didn't give anyone headaches. Um, At that same time, we were uh, starting a a new internet department. So I kind of raised my hand and said, hey, I'll run that too. Um, So I did that, got some guys working. Uh, I think the biggest thing at that point um, from being a finance manager and then starting to run an internet team, there is no one in the store. Well, when a vendor comes in to sell you something at the dealership, no one wants to talk to them. A the car dealership is a uh, um, is the alligator that, um, and all the little birds on that gator are the different vendors. There are so okay, many companies yeah, yeah. that exist off of a car dealership. Oh, yeah. We support so many different industries, so many different companies that all just want a piece of us. And, and so when vendors come in, no one wants to talk to them. Well you know I started thinking well maybe these guys actually have something that's worth hearing about you know so I volunteered to sit and hear pitches and uh after hearing some pitches there was some good stuff so we we ended up changing um some of the companies we use like uh or our CRM, uh, our customer retention uh, management tool, uh, every dealership has one. It's your digital Rolodex. It's how you keep track of all your customers. Uh, we change that based off of, of a pitch I, I listen to, and that's the one that we still use in the entire Page Auto Group.
0: That's pretty um,
1: nice. So, And you start listening to different things and different ideas, and some of the stuff the guys come in and pitch, it might not be something you want, but it might put a little spark saying, hey, well, there's mm-hmm. something we hadn't thought about. Um, so because of that uh, and then because of uh, some sales managers that kind of had come to the end of their career um, I got an opening to leave the finance office and go into sales management after about three years Um, and then that's kind of where I I really found my groove working with the salespeople Working behind the scenes uh, on the things like software, on advertising, on uh, getting involved with different events around town—stuff that we had never done. See,
0: some people would call that luck,
1: but it's—it's <laughs> right. it's not. Yeah. It's not luck. It,
0: it's well, luck. All luck is to me is preparation met opportunity.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: you were yeah, ready right. for
1: that already, and then door open, and you walk through, ready to go. The—the the only lucky part, uh, I guess, looking back, is the timing. I came in at a very good time. Um, because of uh, what was going on in the car industry as a whole. So, um, and then uh, well, the sales management. Uh, you, you know, I still think of myself as a sales manager. That, that's what I love to do: is being out in the showroom, uh, shaking hands, uh, working with the salespeople, working with different uh, community events, working with different charitable organizations in Richmond. Um, doing all that kind of stuff is uh, is a lot more fun than the daily grind, you know, doing something where you raise a bunch of money uh, for an organization uh, using the, um, the weight of the dealership, um, you, you know, to be able to be involved in that kind of stuff is fun. And that's stuff that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, it, there was some charitable stuff going on behind the scenes, but not stuff that we were really involved in. And uh, so, you know, I think uh, the guys seeing my interest in doing that and seeing them, them seeing me wanting to represent the story the right way, uh, opened the door to the general manager position when David Moody, uh, decided to retire. And, you know, that was a, a thing where for five years he was retiring the next year. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, I would, I was ready. He, and to David's, uh, credit, um, When I started, as I think even as a finance manager, he started bringing me to every meeting. uh, Whether it was uh, our advertising guy coming in, he'd have me involved in that meeting. We used to have a 20-group meeting where it was um, our our owner, Larry Page, and all the other GMs, our controller, going over numbers each month, he started bringing me to those meetings. Anytime there was a zone or district meeting for Honda, they would send me instead of David going, and um, that made all the difference. So from early on, a lot of guys don't want to go to a meeting. They don't want to have to drive up to Maryland. They don't want to have to sit in a boring meeting, but – At that point, I was a a dry sponge just wanting to take in as much as I could. you got to do
0: the stuff you don't want to do. Yeah,
1: exactly. And for me, that stuff was fun. Mm -hmm. It it was, you know, uh, networking to a certain extent, getting your name out there and who's this young kid in a a room of 60-year-old men, you you know. And at that point, I wasn't a young kid, but I was in my 30s. Um, Half the age. Half the age of, you know, you're in a room with a bunch of people that own Honda stores and um, they were sending me to these meetings and, uh, you know, to their credit, they trusted me to go and represent the company and um, I was eager to do it, you know. So I, I, w- I would just say for anyone out there, don't turn down any opportunity. If you want to move up and you want to grow, you got to show that you want to do the grunt work as well as the, uh, the fun, uh, easy work, you know. Um, and, and to this day I mean I'm the first guy to walk around the parking lot and pick up trash and, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff you just you got to be able to do it all and not complain about it and it, you
0: know eventually I learned that the things you don't like I find some way of trying to make them likable and it makes it a lot easier and then eventually I start liking the things I didn't like yeah but it sounds like you half answered the last thing I was gonna ask you Steve is that you know if, if you were face to face with some somebody young trying to cut their teeth in this business and you had one thing to tell them, what would that be?
1: Um, I mean, you just got to be open. Uh, This business is ever-evolving. Is it going to be what it is now in five years? Absolutely not. In 10 years, it will be unrecognizable. Uh, So if you're a new guy coming in, don't listen to the guys that have been in the store for 10 years, the salespeople, the, the guys I call rain clouds that don't <laughs> want to look at anything uh, new or embrace a, a new way of doing something. If you're coming into business now, you've got to be have a vision and have uh, the ability to, to change and, and to morph with whatever comes down the line uh, because it is going to be drastically different uh, and years down the road. Whether it's digital retailing or more of like a Carvana structure or more of a even an Apple Store structure, it it is changing. You got to be able to embrace that. You got to be open to different ideas and being uncomfortable, you know, and trying new things. So, um, and hey, I'm I'm trying to do that because uh, I don't plan on being gone in the next couple of years.
0: No, (laughs) you know. that's that's incredible and and that's it guys that's the secret you just heard the secret if you didn't hear it you got to replay this a few seconds there is no secret you want to get ahead somewhere hard work do the things you don't want to do and suck up everything you can suck up is feed your brain learn stuff and stay on the edge of things that are changing because the only consistent thing right now in these days is change we are in the greatest time right now to learn things with the internet and get your name out there so Steve, amazing interview. I really appreciate your time.
1: Appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you.